0: Welcome to Momentum Church. into this next sermon in our hosting for the holiday season, it's really going to tie in a little bit with what Brantley's talking about and, and, um, and everything. And so, um, you know, it, it, we're looking at hosting, if you think about it, the idea of hosting a baby, you know, the child, Jesus in the manger, and we celebrate him. And I want to tell you a little story as we get started about another family, a wealthy family who's going to host and celebrate the birth of their child. And they'd invited all their family They'd invited all their friends. Just imagine a big house, and everybody's coming to the house. And, and so as the people begin to come in, they're all excited to celebrate this child. As the people begin to come in, you know, they're taking off their wraps. In my head, I picture this taking place during the Great Gatsby year. I don't know why. It's just that's how I pictured this story. And they're taking off their wraps and their coats and their overcoats and all this stuff. And they're putting them on this bed, and they're getting everything set. And then they get into the party, and they have libations and all the the trim- of a typical party that's being hosted as they get ready to celebrate this child. And after a while, one of the guests finally asks, When are we gonna to get to see the new arrival? When are we gonna to get to see this little baby that we have come to see? And they go to find the baby. The baby isn't where the baby's supposed to be, it's not in the nursery. And they begin an exhaustive search, trying to find where this child is. And they find the child, but the child is lying under all those clothes, all those piles, all those expressions of wealth, all all those things. They had set the baby down, ready and excited to show the baby to their guests and friends. But in doing so, they got occupied. And in getting occupied, everything was piled upon the child. And they found the child there, um, and he had lost his life. Now, this is one of those stories that it was... It's told as a real story. I hope it wasn't a real story, but it was told as a real story. And so neath all those outer garments suffocated by the weight of the guest wraps was the child whose birth they had gathered to celebrate. Man, that's a heavy parable, isn't it? But it's a parable of our contemporary celebration of the birth of the son of God. So often, eagerly, we celebrate his birth, you know, but unwillingly, we smother him beneath the symbols of wealth and tradition. Does that make sense? This child that's the gift that we're here to celebrate, this child that's the gift that we're here to to present during these festive days of celebrating the birth of the Son of God. This child, but sometimes, often, in different homes around the world, Christ is the unrecognized guest at multiplied tables throughout the world. We celebrate his birth, but we forget who we have come to celebrate. And so I want us to be sure, as those who are his followers, how many Christians up in here? Come on. Yeah, as those who profess faith in Jesus, I want to be sure that we're honoring the gift that Jesus is and that we're looking at that gift that he is in such a way that we realize the partnership we have in presenting that gift. The child is born, you know. And that he is the focus during this season. And what do we do with that gift when we're in this season? We want to be sure that we are pointing people to Christ during this time. And I know, I I will just be honest with you. A lot of people get geeked out about a lot of stuff. Recently, I heard somebody, they were like, I can't believe at school they call it winter break now. I'm okay with them calling it winter break. Is that okay? You may think, oh, you're you're wrong. I don't want to call it solstice. I don't want to call some wicked pagan thing. Come on, somebody, you know? So yeah, your kid can do what he's doing. My kid's gonna celebrate Christmas at home. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not sure why I jumped off on that, but I just think <laughs> it's those trappings, even that, you know, the trappings of you know, red cup, not red cup, this, that. I mean, like we get so worked up about stuff and Jesus stops being the focus of the holidays. You know? Can't believe you have Christmas trees, you don't have a Christmas tree? <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, just focus on Jesus, you know? Get your eyes on him. My mama, she used to always call the Christmas tree, hi, mama. You know, I always talk to my mother. She used to always call it Jesus' birthday cake. We're going we're to decorate Jesus' birthday cake. Pagan as it is, I get it. <laughs> I, I understand. But you know what? We're not going to let him be hidden by all the different things of, of tradition and such. <laughs> There's an excitement that we have, not just to celebrate his birth, but listen, while, celebrate, while celebrating his birth, we're excited because we get to introduce people arriving to the party. Or maybe they're not at the party yet. We get to invite people to the party to celebrate Christ. Amen? And the birth of this baby. And to, to be cautious and conscious of not burying them beneath the trappings of all the festivities and missing out on the gift for all the gifts under the tree. That's what's important. And we see in scripture, Jesus, <coughs> in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You go down a few verses to John. I believe it's 1.14. And the word became, everybody say Flesh. So picture that, the word, Jesus, gets wrapped, this gift, becomes flesh, or incarnate, that's what that means. You've heard me say this a few times through the years, incarnate. Y'all like chili? You like chili con carne? That's chili with meat. That's chili with flesh, right? That's better chili, right? Sorry, vegans. But Jesus incarnate, that just means God in flesh. And yes, vegans, it's better that way. Wasn't God in lettuce. (laughs) One of my best buddies is a vegan. I tease him relentlessly. But he is enfleshed. And here's the thing about that. Since he's infleshed, that hasn't changed. It hasn't. Yes, he rose on the third day. Yes, he spent time with the disciples. And then he, before 500 witnesses, he was ascended up into the heavenlies. But then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came and lived upon and in us and dwelt in the body of Christ. Amen. And at that point, guess what? Jesus has flesh again. I'm not saying you're divine. But you house the divine. We're earthen clay vessels that wrap, if you will, the person and presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in enfleshed, Jesus incarnate. And so I want to ask you, how are you going to incarnate the gospel of Christ during this season? Not, not, not come celebrate Jesus and he gets lost amongst the trappings, buried, and the influence that Jesus has begins to be obscure during this season, but rather be able to incarnate him fully in our lives, that gift that he is, that others might be able to receive that gift. And I'm not just talking about salvation. Y'all know that when it comes to the word for salvation, soteria, that word doesn't just mean get out of hell free card, Okay. That word means wholeness. It's, it's really like rooted to almost the Hebrew word shalom. The lack of nothing. The absence of nothing. I, I wish peace upon you that you would not lack. That's what salvation is in the Greek. It's the absence of, of anything. That, that need that you might have, this gift will fulfill that need. That pain that you have, this gift will heal that pain. That struggle you have, this gift has an answer for that struggle. That struggle. And yes, the sin that keeps you separated from Jesus and from God and from eternity in heaven, yes, he is the solution for that sin. Amen? What a gift. Shout, what a gift. Yeah. And you know, sometimes though, that gift gets obscured. I told you. This last week on Monday, I saw that my cousin had died on Sunday. He's 46 years old. His name's Bart. Great musician. All, all, the, all the wise men play music, guitars and things like that, but... He's really good. I mean, full-time musician, played in a lot of different bands and such, lived in Nashville for a while, amazing guy. And he passed away. The night before he passed, he was doing a benefit concert for another man to raise money for his funeral expenses. That's the kind of guy Bart was. And so he's in the hotel that night and his wife found him dead in the bathroom that quick. And when I went to the funeral, I left Tuesday about 1.30 in the afternoon and drove through the, into the night to Ohio and went to the funeral and then drove right back. But what I was hearing in the funeral, I got to talk to his mama. And you know, I believe Bart had faith in Christ. He did not have faith in Christians. I talked to Bart a lot on the phone through the years. Again, we share musical interests, so he'd shoot a video to me, I'd shoot a video to him, we'd talk about things. And, his mama said there was a certain person there that if they were to show up, that we were supposed to let her know because she didn't want them in the building. Tough words. But the reason why was because when he was a teenager, this person was relentless on him. Get that hat off in church. What's wrong with you? You have no respect for God. Sit up. How, why are you playing that music? You know? Man. I like some funky Cold Medina back in that. You know what I'm saying? I mean like I was thankful my church, if you will, church aunties and church uncles. I'm so thankful they had patience with me. They continued to incarnate the gospel to me. But this man rode my cousin on and on and on for years. Even when my cousin with a few other young people began to go to churches and sing, it was never good enough for this man. And after a while, Bart was just like, "I'm done." And he left church for good. 46 years old. And he had left for good. And now his mom is saying, if this guy shows up, I don't want him here. Let me know, you know. She had people at the door waiting if they were there, you know. Man, what was that? That was a, 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 a deacon, if you will. Some deacons are demon-possessed, you know what I'm saying? That was a deacon, if you will, at the church, not incarnating the gospel of Jesus. A deacon who would rather toss on all this stuff and smother the expression of the child of Jesus in the life of my cousin. About two months ago, I was talking to him on the phone, and I said, you know what? I believe that Jesus doesn't have as much problem with you, Bart, as you might think he does. And we talked through faith, and I believe he was a believer at that point. You know, we talked about it. Still kind of figuring things out because of the past, the gift of Jesus not being incarnated properly. And that breaks my heart. And so as a church, I'm thankful Momentum Church has always been a place where you incarnate him well. Amen? Now, like, we're strong on sin, aren't we? We're not anything. I love Momentum Church. I'll tell you why. Because people come here and they see the lights and a little bit of the, the fog and tattoos and whatnot. And they think we're like some, you know, weak liberal, anything goes. I say liberal in the sense of of just the freedom to do whatever you want without a consequence, anything goes kind of place. And I've had people say this, oh my gosh, I've been here a couple months. You guys are old school. We are, we preach the truth, amen? But we don't bash you with the truth, amen? There's a point of growth where God challenges you to sanctification and separation and things like that. And we preach that. But I'm so thankful for a house. It doesn't matter who comes in this place, whatever they look like, whatever they smell like, whatever their sexual persuasion is, it doesn't matter. My, you guys love people where they are, amen? And now what we love, and we say this often, we love people where they are, but we love them too much to leave them there, amen? So we're not a come as you are, church. We're a come as you are, but we're hoping that you, I'm sorry, we are a come as you are, church, but we're not a stay as you came, church. We love you how you are, but God has challenges and he helps us grow. That's part of the gift that we get to live according to his word. That's part of the gift. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next Sunday, but that's part of the gift. And so I want to ask you, how will you incarnate the gospel of Christ during the season? How are you going to put some flesh on the gospel so that Jesus may be seen? How, How like the angels, you know, the angels of old, the word angel in the Greek means messenger. So like a messenger, how will you be a messenger during this season heralding good news of great joy? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. How are you going to do that? How are you not We? How are you going to do that with your neighbor? How are you going to do that with your family member? How are you going to do that with your workmate? How are you going to do that with your ex-husband? How are you going to do that with your neighbor that just drives you crazy? (laughs) But we have to because we're the only body of Christ. We're the in-flesh body of Christ, if you will, in the earth. That's it. Let's stand to our feet. I want to read Mark chapter 1. I want to read out of Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Shout good news. Good news. That, that's the word gospel, it means good news. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger, and I believe you all are messengers, ahead of you, ahead of the Messiah. Who will prepare your way? He'll prepare the Messiah's way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. This was John the Baptist. We know it's fulfilled in the New Testament. This was John the Baptist it's speaking of. And, and you might be like, but he's God. He can do it all by himself. He never does. He always partners with flesh in the earth. I've taught you before that our earth is governed by a flesh mandate if you will god's always going to work through humanity in the earth he had adam and eve to multiply and be fruitful when they failed he had to redeem that situation the full redemption comes with jesus on the cross the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate lamb slain before the foundations of the earth but even jesus it's always going back to him working with people and now (laughs) we're the ones he got to work with (laughs) oh lord i'm sorry jesus what you have but you know what he'll use you the power of the holy spirit he will use you yes he will and so we prepare the way for the lord just like john the baptist verse four and so john the baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins i love that he didn't just come to bash sometimes you think of that word that message of repentance is a bashing message no it's a hope-filled message It's a message that the sin you're experiencing and feeling conviction in right now, it could be changed. Because he preached repentance for the forgiveness of sins. It wasn't, I'm going to leave you bashed. No, I'm going to leave you forgiven. (laughs) And we're going to go down to the baptismal waters as a sign of that refreshing. (sighs) Verse 5, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Oh, I love that. How did John the Baptist prepare the way for Jesus? Go ahead and have your seats. How did he do that? In a nutshell, I'll tell you how he did it. He pointed people to Jesus. That's how. He pointed, he prepared the way. He began to point people to Jesus. In scripture, we see him even say, behold. Can you imagine that? He's there baptizing people. And Jesus comes up and he looks at this man and he says, behold, the lamb slain, the lamb of God. And he points to Jesus as the one. And he begins to preach that Jesus is the one to put your, your attention to and your eyes to. And he tells the people, and I love this, not behold, look at the lamb. You'll never measure up. Look at the lamb. You'll never be good enough. Look at the lamb. You're nev- no, no, he, he says, behold, look at the lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. Man, that's hope. The one who was born in a manger amongst the livestock. The one who is now literally like a lamb in the manger is now literally like the lamb, the sacrificial lamb of God is who he's pointing to. This is the one that we get to introduce people to. Amen? How are you preparing the way for your friends and your family to experience Jesus this season? How are you like John the Baptist preparing the way? How are you like John the Baptist saying, behold, I love that. You know what's neat about behold? Behold doesn't need a message per se behind it. Whenever somebody goes, behold, what they point to is captivating enough to hold your attention already. Pastor Brantley said that there's introverts. You're nervous? I get that. Just say, behold. Behold. Just point them to the one that's captivating enough. The one who takes away the sins of the world. Whew. Somebody remind me, Pastor Stephanie, remind me, put that in my notes when the service is over. That's good right there. I won't remember that next service, I don't think. But no, just behold, there it is. <laughs> and you can receive that gift. So that's what we're doing. We're pointing people to the gift, to who Jesus is. This time of year is a great season of gift giving and we know that Jesus is the greatest gift this world's ever been given but there's an issue with people receiving this gift okay so don't miss this the issue with people receiving this gift the issue is we partner with god in the presentation of this gift to the world us and our flawed flesh us and our humanity us and our ideologies us and our past hurt us In our expectations, us, our flesh, everything that we are, we partner with God in the presentation of this gift to the world. That means this gift, although the gift is perfect, how this gift is wrapped, how this gift is presented, how this gift is made accessible relies on imperfect people, relies on us. God trusts us to bring this gift to the world. Oh, he did the work of coming Born in the manger, he did the work of dying. He God raised him from the grave, sent him to heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit to us. And so there's the rub. It's up to us to help present this gift. And I'm so thankful God knew we were flawed. Apart from redemption, apart from the gifts of the Holy Spirit, apart from the work of the Lord in our lives, God knew we were flawed. He knew that and he still chose us as the wrapping that people see when it comes to receiving and opening that gift that he is. I want to live worthy of the gift within. This wrapping, I'm telling you right now, I have wrapped some ugly gifts. I mean, and the gift was pretty, but I have done some ugly wrapping, you know? <laughs> Rolled up funny papers back in the day when you had funny papers or comics or whatever you call them. I called them funny papers. All that, I mean, I, even to this day, I can't wrap a good looking gift to save my life. You know, I try. But thank God that gift when it's received, they don't go, oh, that rapping. They receive that gift. I'm glad God chooses to use us, flawed and all, to be those that embrace his great commission to go into all the world and to present the gospel to go into all the world to present the gift of good news. So this partnership we have between us and God and presenting this gift, man, that is the greatest, the greatest gift in the world is that he is the gift and he has chosen us to partner with him to present that gift. Too often I think we go through life, and I know I'm a bit of an evangelist at heart. That's just a natural gift. But too often we go through life and weeks and weeks and weeks can go by before that's in your mind to think that, we're incarnating Christ everywhere we go. Like the words I say reveal who Jesus to people, good or bad. I'm not saying the real Jesus. I'm saying the Jesus perceived. And Bart, thank God, Bart was able to see through that packaging and see the gift and realize what was going on at the core. But so many people don't. They can't see past that. And so I want to talk real quick today about Gifts. Let's talk about giving gifts, okay? Just a few things if we're going to be able to incarnate the gospel well and give the gifts well. Let's look at this. The first thing is you offer a gift that you know will be a blessing or meet a need. When you think about a gift, you think about a person and what they need, you offer them a gift that they need or you offer them a gift that you know is gonna bless their socks off. If Jesus is the gift in our lives, has he met any needs in this house? Amen. Come on. Has he blessed anybody's socks off at some point or another? I'm not saying Christians won't go through some stuff. But even going through some stuff, down there in that box that you opened was a Swiss Army knife. Because you went through it. But God, who he is in your life, is like a Swiss Army knife. You know that you're going to have to deal with something, but all the tools are there. Right? Put that one in the notes too, Pastor Stephanie. <laughs> I want you to see john chapter 7 verse 37 through 42 on the last day of the feast the great day jesus stood up and cried out if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink do you have friends and family that are thirsting who believes me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do you want rivers of living water to flow out of your friend? You may have a friend that, man, just is bitter and ugly and broken and so frustrating. Why are they always dumping on me? Because they're hurting and they need something poured in. And you have a gift, a gift that can meet a need, a gift that can be a blessing, a gift that is a river of life that flows up and out of them if they receive it. Verse 39, now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Man, not only do they get the salvation from Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within them. That sounds like a gift that will meet a need. That sounds like a gift that will be a blessing. But we wrap that gift with our lives. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is in that time, now he has been when they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. Christ means the Messiah. This is the one we've been looking for. Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? It's exactly what happened. Just like the prophets of old had said, Here comes this gift. And I just want to tell you, our friends and family have needs. Our friends and family are thirsty, and Jesus has rivers of water to quench their thirst. Our friends and family face tension and guilt, some tension that's not caused by themselves, some tension caused by others, some guilt they deserve in some ways, and some guilt is self-imposed. But our friends, our family, they face tension and guilt. But the Prince of Peace, whose spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us, allows us to be anxious for nothing. The Prince of Peace, whose spirit lives inside us. It says right here that we would receive that Holy Spirit because of this relationship we have with Jesus. That Prince of Peace calms the troubled waters in our heart. And in your friends and family heart as well. People, they, they, need, uh, they need our Jesus. They don't need us to wrap it in religion. They need the gift that Jesus is. This is who you're pointing people to. The one that brings everlasting waters that quench the thirst of humanity. This is the one. And and here's what's wild about it. It sounds good, right? It all sounds really good, huh? Like that sounds really good. Good. But we stay silent. We don't look for opportunities. We're worried we'll be canceled. If I say something about him, my friends will cut me off. Well, it depends on how you say things about him, you know? In reality, don't worry about being canceled. Because in reality, who Jesus really is, the gift that he really is, everyone is looking for Jesus. They may not realize it, but he is the one they're looking for. He is the gift that answers every issue of their heart. They're looking for the answers to their unhappiness, their loneliness, their despair. Many of them looking in all the wrong places. Even those who are believers at times will begin to fall into traps to where now they're walking in loneliness, unhappiness, and despair. Can I, can I just give a caveat here? When people... Separate from the church. We have to be careful not to separate from them. <clears throat> How many went through a season in your life where you just kind of like, man, I got, I, I got to, you know, I think what it is is, I don't know about you, it's like you go to the store and you're like, is it the Apple Watch? Is it the, Garmin is it the Samsung is it the, you know you, you, you go, nope, this is the best. There's times where people and I know it's a whole lot more important than that, but there's times where people just have to know if Jesus is it, if He's the one, and they just kind of go on a, a walk about a little bit. Amen. We have to guard our hearts to keep incarnating Christ to them. Do I believe people lose their salvation? No, Not like they lose it in their keys. But I do believe that separation can come. Hebrews teaches that apostasy can come. You can't apostatize if you're not a believer. And apostasy can come. And separation, and you separate yourself, not God separating from us. But I think the church has a lot to do with that. We stop trying to incarnate the gospel in practical ways to those who are questioning things. Amen? We need to be a house where people can question things. Struggle, stumble, dip out, and dip back in. I'm looking at a few people. You've dipped out through the years, and you dip back in. Amen? I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and so we get the opportunity to point people to the gift. The one that was born in a manger, lived a life just like us in the earth, yet without sin, died to redeem us, lives to fill us with the Holy Spirit and be used of him. Yeah, we have that opportunity. The world is in hopeful anticipation to find what truly will fill the void in their lives. And I just want to tell you, don't be afraid to offer this gift that you know will be a blessing and meet their needs. Amen? Amen. That's the first thing. Second. Second. When giving gifts. Number two, you take time to wrap the gift special, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have the opportunity to prepare people for the gift that God, that God has for them. To wrap it specially. And God prepares us to be able to prepare others for, for the message of the gospel. That might be little notes. That might be a little word. That might be just, just a small thing that keeps Christ front and center during this season. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Prepare to give an answer. Prepare to, to point to this gift, the one that's brought you hope. And I love what it says next, but do this with gentleness and respect. I mean, think, think about it. Like, 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 come here, Dan. Real quick, if you can. So I have a gift, you know. How? No, I don't want to hurt you. I'm thinking I'm going to hit him hard. You know, I have a gift. He's worried. He should be. He should be worried. You know, it's like here, take this. What's wrong with take this? Take your gift, dear. you know. How how much do you think he'll want to receive this if I treat the gift like that? Jesus is so wonderful. This water is so good. Take the water. Glad ahead and sit down. <laughs> see, if it was Joe, I, was, I, I realized I picked the wrong person because he's my elder and I want to be respectful. Joe ought to have thrown this in his chest. Huh? <laughs> Joe, let's do that. I think it'll be a, no. <laughs> but it says with gentleness, you see that? With respect, we present this gift. It matters how you take time to wrap the gift, special. It matters. Yesterday, we had a bunch of people here, and they were preparing this place. They're wrapping this place, getting it ready to receive our guests. Why, it matters. We want it to look nice. We want people to know they're important, that we have prepared for them. We've been mindful of them. And so people were here, and I want to thank you all that were here yesterday serving. And the ones that weren't, you know, feel guilty. No, I'm kidding. No, no. We had a great team. that was perfect. So (laughs) can I just say this when it comes to wrapping this gift. And I know today is, today I'm not going to hide it. Today is a lot about us inviting people. And the reason why is because I believe we've wrapped this Christmas Eve service and sermon in a gospel message greater than we've ever presented on a Christmas Eve ever. We've preached warm fuzzies and various things on Christmas Eve, but man, this Christmas Eve, guys, straight gospel. Presented with gentleness and and respect, but straight gospel. And you know who needs the gospel preached? Because it's not just about salvation. Your friends and family that need healing. I'm going to tell you right now. I already feel it in my spirit. We're going to have time of prayer for healing that night. Your friends and family that have marriages that are broken that need the gospel to intersect their lives. The good news. And yes, those who are lost that need the gospel to hear the message of hope that Jesus will save them. We're going to give our, our books that I've written to everybody that gets saved that night. You know, it, it's just going to be one of the most disciple discipleship type gospel uh, Christmas Eve presentations that we've ever had. Amen. So we got to start praying about that now. But it's important. You take time to wrap the gift special. We started wrapping that service special. What was it, Pastor Steph? I keep talking to you today. August was it? August when we had our first meeting? I think it was. It's been a while, you know, because it's important. We want to reach your friends and your family. Not just so you walk in and go, ooh, ah, wow. Look how amazing that was and how it will be. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to wrap it special and present the gift that Jesus is. And the final one, when giving gifts, you make the gift accessible. When giving gifts, you make the gift accessible. Too too many believers wrap Jesus in too many layers for people to receive. You ever see like the person, they take the box and they wrap it and then a bigger box and they wrap it and then a bigger box and a bigger box and it just becomes this huge thing, you know? We do that with Jesus. We need to make him accessible, not wrap him in so much other stuff. Wrapped in dogma. Wrapped, the next layer, wrapped in tradition. Wrapped in culture. People have different cultures. Wrapped in politics. Your pastor's favorite subject. <laughs> wrapped in so many other things that's not Jesus, not the good news. It's our trappings. It's literally blankets, blankets on a guest room, smothering Christ. No, we have an opportunity to make Jesus accessible. I'm not saying the gospel won't challenge. Sometimes you have that seeker-sensitive mentality. That's not who we are. I'm not saying the gospel doesn't challenge. I'm just saying we make the gospel accessible. I'm not saying the gospel won't convict, it will. I'm not saying the gospel doesn't demand repentance. It does. But it's the goodness of God that draws man to repentance. I know something's unsettled in me. I know I'm chasing after everything else in this world. I know when I do, I can't lay my head on my pillow and feel peace. And then Jesus, I see him really, really presented the gift of who he is. And I go, oh, this is the answer. This is what I was looking for. I didn't even know this was the solution. This is it. And the goodness of him draws me. To repentance, These are the things that stand in the way of my relationship with him. I lay them at your feet, Jesus. All that I have is worth this gift. I trade all my brokenness for you, Jesus. I trade all my earthly carnal desires for the incarnate Christ. I trade Him for you, Jesus. And you receive the gift. And what's beautiful about that is the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. And the Holy Spirit begins to bring change. Amen? Preach the gift, man. Preach the gift. Don't, don't, don't preach everything you have to preach with what you're going to do with the gift. Preach the gift. The Holy Spirit, when He's in their life, will begin. I, I, I'll give you one example. I remember years ago, a young lady came to the altar to get saved. And this is her testimony. She said, I came to the altar, I got saved at the altar. And when I went to go back to my seat, she goes, My mini, micro mini skirt. This is just what she said. This isn't, I never wore a micro mini skirt. She said, my micro mini skirt, I couldn't tug on it enough. To her, it was a witness of the Holy Spirit. She said, my walk down never even gave it one thought. My walk back to my seat, I was changed. The Holy Spirit was in me, and I just felt awkward showing that much leg. You know what I'm saying? Amen? Aren't you glad I, I feel awkward showing that much leg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we need to do whatever we can to host well the presentation of the gospel in other people's lives and realize that in a sense, we're like that wrapping paper. I want people to be drawn to take a chance to start peeling wrapping off and take a look inside to what the gift is. I don't want my life to be of such that it keeps people from wanting to know more about Jesus. And that's the season we're in. So, how can you make this gift accessible? One simple way, at least during this season, there's many ways, but one simple way during this season, I want you to stand to your feet, is you want to invite your friends and family, coworkers and neighbors and so on to Christmas and momentum. You want to invite them here. That it's just an easy way for people to come into this house and to hear a gospel presentation that I believe can change their lives forever, that Jesus can change their lives forever. And so as you were coming in today, you were given a slip of paper. Everybody pull those slips of paper out. And are we doing the baskets up here or just setting them on the altar? Oh, I didn't see them. They're so so little. I mean, not little, but see-through. Like. So what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna partner with God, amen? I believe prayer is a powerful thing. And so what I want you to do is we go into this next worship song. I want you to write, take your pen and write, write my name. Just write that, go ahead. My name. And then write guest under that. My name. Guest. And then connection, write connection. My name, guest, connection. My name, guest, connection. What I want you to do is I want you to write the name of somebody that you're going to pray for that you're gonna invite to come for Christmas Eve, all right? That you're gonna choose between now and Christmas Eve to be incarnate in their lives. I don't know what that might look like. It might look like a Facebook message to them. It might look like he sent them a card. It might something to where you're just expressing love and connection with them and preparing to invite them to come be a part of this night. Under the guest, obviously, put their name. You don't have to put their full name if you don't want. These aren't going anywhere but here. You can if you want, but you don't have to. And then under guest, where connection is, just say how you're connected. This is my cousin. Man, I wish I had another chance to see my cousin. Put Bart on there. Have Bart here. Just be in a house where years he the gospel of Jesus preached correctly, if you will. It may say workmate. It may say whatever, but just the connection. That that just allows us, as we're interceding and praying, just to have a little bit more clarity. The Bible talks about praying specifically. And so I would like to be able to be able to pray specifically. And so as we worship, what we're going to do, we're going to have a time of prayer here before we dismiss, okay? But what we're also going to do is we're going to put these in the baskets. And tomorrow during our staff meeting, we're going to just go to the altar, just take them to before the Lord and pray for them. So the next couple of weeks in our staff meeting, next Sunday when we're all back together, we're gonna to pray again for these and anybody else that wants to add next week. But we just want to do the spiritual work behind the scenes, amen? And begin to intercede and pray. And so let's go into worship. And then if you would come up, place them in the baskets. Then I'll come back up in a bit and we'll close out in a time of intercession for these, these guests. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www momentumchurch.tv